So, Will Crandall, welcome to the journey. And I know it's been a little bit of time since you've been on. We, you know, a, a few episodes ago, you came on and and shared your story about how you. Uh, uh, what what you were doing in, in your story of recovery and and now uh, this particular time you have a big event coming up so uh, and a lot yes. of things have changed in your life uh, so uh, so why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and just you know just jump on in why don't you kind of fill us in on what you're doing family wise professional wise now and then and then we'll obviously jump into this event you have coming up this week. Sure. So you just reminded me that before I, I wasn't working at Swedes when we had did the last one. Not yet. No. Okay. Okay. So it must have been right after that. Um, I was able to take a, a, an opportunity to work at a local hospital here, um, working in uh, all over the hospital, really, but mostly in the emergency room, uh, dealing with the opioid epidemic, dealing with uh, patients coming in overdose or in crisis or, um, you know, uh, psychiatric issues. It changes every day. Every day I walk in there, it, it could be a different situation that I walk into. Sure. Um, and, and I'm just there to be um, an advocate for the patient, um, provide my experience um, and help them get through uh, the situation that they're in and then stay connected with them to get into longer term recovery. Um, we're there to, to link them to whatever resources we can to help them get the support and resources that they need. Um, it's been an interesting journey uh, when we first, uh, when this program, it's a grant funded program through the hospital. Um, and walking in on day one, I didn't really know what it was gonna look like. Um, and I, I'm not sure anybody really did kind of the, the position that I have is unique. It's called a certified peer recovery specialist, um, which is kind of a, a new certification in this field. And, and I really think that doing what we're doing is really kind of a new idea, providing us in those kinds of settings to be the bridge between the patient and the clinical or, or nursing and, and medical staff. Um, it's, it's been interesting. It's been, you know, it's got its ups and downs. Um, like I said, I have opportunities every day to walk into a room with somebody who's going through a really, really hard time. And it's just my job to try to figure out what we can do to help. Um, so that's, that's kind of the beginning of uh, my, my, my journey at Swedish American Hospital, which by the way, is now UW um, this week. Uh, Swedish American is not, you know, they were taken over. So there's that whole thing going on. Um, but um, having that opportunity to genuinely walk into a room with somebody who's, who's in the middle of crisis and, and be able to provide that support and be there to help um, it truly is an amazing opportunity. And uh, it's, it's turned out to be a really good thing at the hospital. Yeah. Well, and, and we think of, you know, we think of individuals who work on the front line, right? We think of first responders, we think of individuals who, you know, police and fire and paramedics, obviously that there is definitely an element of being on, on the front line working with individuals, but working in the emergency room at a hospital, 
it is again another form another aspect of that front line people are coming you know, you only go to the emergency room because there's some kind of crisis going on right i mean that's the only reason why you're going and you're looking yeah. for direction relief um you're, you're looking for something that you can't do on your own yes yep and uh generally by the time they're with us it's it's a pretty serious situation and um you know the the police and the fire department and the nurses and the medical staff they're all really good at what they do however um the people in those situations sometimes they just need somebody who they know can identify with them um you know uh, there's times where uh nursing staff may be struggling with a patient who's who's uncomfortable, who doesn't want to be there, who's, um, you know, potentially suicidal. Um, and there's something to be said about bringing somebody in who has experience with what they're going through. It breaks down the barriers. It opens up doors. I can get information that the staff may not be able to, for whatever reason, just because the patient may not be able to identify or or feel comfortable talking to the doctor or the nurse. Um, and that's where I get to come in. And well, and I think, I think the biggest piece for, in, in, is that you would be, because of your personal experience, also what you've spent time professionally doing is, is you can come in with a different level of empathy. Um, and, and, and that's, I think that's one of the biggest barriers to individual being opening up is feeling they're like, they're being judged, feeling that, um, they're being either looked down on, um, or they're, they already feel less than because of, right. because of, in this case, you know, if it's, if it's the drugs, if it's opioid, if it's the addiction that has already with all the aspect of the secrets of it has already, um, you know, there's been that stigma already. And they, there's that element, you know, I've been an addiction counselor since 1992. And that has been historically, um, over my career ha has been that idea that there's internalization of that shame and that stigma. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in, in that setting in particular, um, people don't want to walk into a hospital and have to ask for help. You know, it's like, um, the, the staff in the emergency department and, and in the hospital, um, yeah, it's already a very high stress situation. Um, and they're already dealing with a million things. And, um, a lot of times uh, the patients that, that I work with, um, might not be the priority in, in that setting. Uh, cause there's a million different things going on. So that can contribute to them feeling even, even more and more less than feeling like they're not getting what they're needed and getting more and more frustrated when it's something as simple as just sitting and talking with them and listening to them for a few minutes to get them back on board of moving in the right direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I can't even imagine, you know, I mean, just under normal circumstances, you know, uh, pre pre COVID circumstances, you know, you triage, you know, uh, accidents, gunshot, you know, wounds, uh, you know, heart attack, you know, I mean, the, these are things that you have to, I would, I clearly you would have to prioritize, yeah. right? And, and then yeah. now with COVID, I can't even imagine, 
you know, how that has compounded things. And, and, and maybe now it's not, maybe it's a little bit different than it was a year and a half ago when we didn't know anything about, yeah. you know, COVID. Um, but now you have people who are coming in with COVID symptoms, um, you yeah. know, and, and, so, and then, the, and then the isolation, um, the social isolation that has happened as a quarantine. What, what have you, I mean, the, the, the Midwest, Northern Illinois, Southern Wisconsin, we've struggled with uh, opioid uh, addiction for, for a long time. Yes. Now, what, what, and again, this is not, you know, this is just your observation. So I, I don't expect you to have any numbers per se, but what have, sure. what's, your, what's your observation since as a result of the pandemic, what have you noticed or have you noticed anything different with, uh, has it been a decrease in opioid use, an increase in opioid use, about the same? Um, have you noticed any change at all? Yeah, so um, we're there for the, opi for the opioid, opioid epidemic. That's what the grant, that's our primary purpose is to collect information regarding opioid use. Um, it has since expanded um, to where we're treating and, and, and getting involved in just addiction across the board, not just opioid. Um, and the opioid epidemic is terrible. It's, you know, it, people, um, young people are dying every day. Um, it seems to come in waves, like um, one week, it's just crazy with the amount of people coming in for overdoses, accidental overdoses. And I think that's just the, whatever is coming into town as far as, you know, opioids. Um, and, you know, there can be a bad batch going around. So um, that's, that has stayed pretty consistent throughout uh, uh, the, the pandemic. Um, most of the time heroin addicts or opioid or fentanyl addicts, you know, they're, they're not concerned about coronavirus. Um, they're, they got to do what they have to do, or uh, should I say, we have to do, uh, me being in recovery, you know, I, I can understand the mindset of, um, I think, I think I was using, uh, during the SARS outbreak and I don't even remember it. It wasn't even on my radar when I was in the middle of that. Um, so as far as opioids, it's been pretty uh, stable um, and consistent throughout all of this. The one thing that I have noticed, and in, in, um, you touched on it a little bit with the isolation, the quarantine, people being, uh, you know, staying at home not having those, those connections with people, those personal connections for months or a year or almost two years at this point. Um, and I've seen people who would never be in a crisis situation, who would have never had the issues that they're having um, coming in to the hospital um, because of being isolated, sitting at home, losing a job, um, and, and alcohol has become a huge issue. People sitting around and, and there's just nothing better to do, but to, to drink all the time. And, um, there's, there's people who outs, if COVID never happened a year and a half ago or however long ago it was, um, they never would have been in the situation to be talking with me. 
And um, that's been very observable, seeing those kinds of patients, the increase in that. Um, it's, it's really difficult. I think we're all struggling after, um, after what we went through, um, seeing it in the hospital. One day they just started setting up a, a, an emergency tent out front in the hospital. That was a little ominous. And then the next, you know, within that next week we were put on lockdown. Um, we all had to stay home. Um, and I don't think anybody really knew how to handle that. And I think that the mental health in, impact of that and the long-term impact of that is gonna be great. And what it's actually gonna look like long-term, you know, that, that remains to be seen and how we deal with that and how we kind of come out of this. Um, in, and this is one of the residuals, you know, the the, a result of right that I've been that I've that I've observed on on a macro level as well as on individual level is this this per, pervasive mistrust of information right this yeah. this this mistrust of institutions and mistrust of information that is being regardless if it's from a government or from another type of institution you know from from a church, from a hospital, from a from a edu educational system, you know, uh, from from wherever they're seeing there, there seems to be a mistrust. You know, maybe yeah. at one point there was, you know, maybe there was too much trust. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's you know one hundred percent true. You know, right. um, but but clearly now mm -hmm. there there seems to be. Uh, at every every turn, there's there's at least a percentage of people that are pushing back, um, and 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 sometimes I I wonder if they're pushing back just to push back, or if there is, or or they're somehow trusting some some other information from somebody over the 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 established institutions. So that so that part of it, I don't know. Have you have you observed that as well? Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think, you know, um, without going too far into it or going one side or the other, um, I think people want to try to understand what's going on and, and they want to feel like they, they can understand it. And whether it's coming from the government or, um, you know, science or the hospitals or uh, YouTube, um, I think um, one thing that, that working at the hospital has shown me is that there may not be answers. There may not be a right or wrong um, that, you know, we're all just trying to do the best that we can and, and uh, trying to get by here. And, and I think that that's one thing that maybe more people kind of need to, to bring back up to the front is that I'm not pretending to have answers or, or, you know, like nobody really knows exactly what's going on. So let's do our best to work together to try to figure it out. Um, and I think we've lost some of that kind of in the, the political and, and in the, uh, the, div the division that, that we have in our society sent over this and since this. 
I think that's kind of been lost a little bit, and I hope we can get back to that. Yeah, and, and I and I agree. It's it's kind of like, and that's going to lead me to you know your vision, and and you started this a few years ago, right, with the yep. idea of uh, Screw City Uprising. And, yep. and your first event, um, was, is in, was in January of 19. Um, and, and that was a, if I, if I remember correctly, how quickly that all, um, uh, from, from when we met to when it launched, how, how quick that was. I know that yeah. I know, I know the idea wasn't as, 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 as brief as, it coming together was but uh right. so tell, tell tell us a little bit about what is screw city uprising um and 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 what's the vision about that what's the intent of that and maybe briefly about what 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 you did in january 19 and then now what are you doing sure so um i always have this idea of kind of building on what i just talked about kind of bringing the community together um yeah i can do so much I can, I can help and there's things that I can do, but I truly believe that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, it really takes uh, community effort to really make change and really make things happen. And uh, so that's kind of where the, the, the main idea came from, uh, just trying to bring people together who may not otherwise cross paths. Um, and so, I walked into ground floor skateboards and met Alicia Neubauer. It, it had to be, like you said, it was quick. It had, so in 2019, that event happened uh, January, 2019. Um, it had to have been, you know, towards the end of the year of 18 that I, you know, we only had a couple months planning with that one. And, yep. and it was a little bit more um, kind of underground and kind of a, a punk rock DIY kind of thing. It was in a warehouse. Um, and, uh, I met Alicia, uh, I kind of shared what I, my vision was, and she said, let's do it. Great. Here's his phone number. Here's his phone number. Here's Kevin's phone number. That's where I connected with you. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the day, me walking out of there, I mean, we had the beginning of the, the event started. Um, she got, uh, the keys to a building for us to be able to do it. Uh, with the go ahead to do whatever we wanted. Um, and uh, I really just got started making those connections and doing those things and making things happen. And, um, you know, at the time, I didn't even know if I believed in it at the time, but Alicia being there and saying, great, I love it. Let's go. Let's do it here, 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 putting those. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. It was incredible. And then through over the next couple months of making that happen, it was just like that across the board. Everybody that I spoke with, it was just like things fell into place and things happened. When I put the event on, um, you know, we had some skateboard ramps. We had a couple bands that played. We had local artists. We had community resources. Um, and the day of, I would have been happy if 20 people showed up. I mean, that's that was the extent of my vision for that. Um, by the end of the day, I think a, a couple hundred people had showed up. Um, we did Narcan training with the Rockford Fire Department. Um, you, you shared your message um, and had the attention of everybody there, which was incredible. Um, and a lot of really good things came from it. Um, I know people 
who were there on their first day clean um, that are still clean today, that I still stay in touch with, that I still talk with. Um, I know people um, that just a lot of great things came from it. Um, actually, me working at Swedes, I think, came from that. Um, getting the connection to be able to go and, and, and fill out the application at Swedes, and I think, came from that. Um, and so it was, it was far more successful. So much more good came from it. Um, then, of course, the following year, we were talking about doing it again, um, just kind of kicking the idea around. And then um, we all got put on lockdown and, you know, all that happened. So the first chance that we could, once the restrictions started to lighten up and once we started to kind of come out of that, um, we started talking about doing it again. And from the beginning, again, doing it, it just connecting with people and, and the energy is the same, planning this one and putting this one on as the last one. Um, kind of the same expectations. We'll do our best to put it together, make things happen, make connections. Um, and what will be, will be. And it, uh, I, I get asked, you know, dealing with the city and, and putting this, uh, I, I'm not sure, but if there's one person that needs to be there and makes a connection and, and gets what they need, um, that's, that's what I'm doing it for is, is for the one person that needs to be there. Sure. Um, so we've been planning this one coming up this Saturday, um, for a few months now. Um, this one is a little bit less DIY and a little bit less punk rock and a little bit less more kind of in a warehouse downtown, um, working with the city, working with Davis Park and, um, and a lot more community resources, um, doing it outside because of the restrictions, um, you know, the masks and, and, and all that stuff in the park. We'll be able to, to, to distance if we want to, if you want to, if whoever wants to, um, and still be a part of. Um, and, and I think this one is, is shaping up to be just as successful as the last one. It's got a lot of the same energy as the last one did. And so, um, you know, we're less than a week away and, and it's going to happen. So I'm excited so kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown. What, 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 what are the times uh, and, and what are you expecting to have uh, unfold that particular day and who, and who, and who should come? Um, well, I think everybody should come. Um, I think uh, everybody deals with mental health uh, to one degree or another. Um, you know, I, I was thinking of this the other day, there's, there's somebody in the world that has, the world record for mental health. You know, like somebody's the best at mental health in their own head. And, and I, I think even that person, there's still work to do. Um, there's, I, I think we all need to be working on it. So who needs to come? I think everybody. I think everybody can benefit from, from thinking about this stuff and working on this stuff. Um, the event starts at 11 a.m. this Saturday. Um, it's going to be at downtown. It's three, four. 
Um, but all you got to do is get close to downtown and look for the part, the building that says Davis, Davis Park. Um, and uh, it's a big giant building right at the base of the building. Um, they have some skateboard ramps set up uh, a few few ramps that uh, Eric Neubauer was able to get set up over there and there's a small little skate park. Um, so that's where it's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna have a stage set up. The music starts right at 11. Um, all the vendors are gonna be there and set up uh, at 11. Um, and a variety of vendors from clothing to jewelry to um, all different kinds of art. Um, there's going to be food and a host of community resources um, from the Rockford area. Uh, and so with the stage going, the music going, the people there to see the music, the, the ramps with the skateboarding, bring your kids, put them on a skateboard and uh, let them learn some lessons over on the skateboard. <laughs> um, I think between all of that stuff, there's going to be a bunch of people there. And, and, and the main goal is to bring people together and show them that there is resources here. There is help. Uh, there are people that care. There are people that, that want to help you. And um, so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, is with this event is to raise awareness. The, the long-term goal is to have a facility in downtown Rockford to do this full-time, to have a, a space where we can put on all ages shows, where we can have safe places for kids to go, um, as well as a, a skate park um, surrounded by community resources, um, to have people in the building to provide counseling, therapy, um, legal services, if, if somebody needs access to, to legal services for whatever reason. Um, that's the long-term goal is to have a permanent facility for this, to do this all the time. You know, one of the things I know we talked about this the other day and we talked about it, you know, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, was it a year ago? No, two and a half years ago, right? Yeah. So when you had your first one, January of 19, it was um, that, you know, the, the idea of regardless of its mental health or, or if it's substance abuse or it's both, right, that, that someone can come for a couple hours and see other people engaging in, in having fun, it's substance-free, you know, it, it's, it's really trying to kind of even that playing field, regardless if it's, you know, all the different demographics, race, uh, you know, different belief systems, that it's a space where, uh, where it's, it's, you know, we're working at being a non-judgmental free space regardless and and just kind of like what you were you talked about being able to to come and either see see somebody that you didn't wouldn't expect to be there have a conversation um give yourself permission 
right? Yeah. To to yeah. to let go. I have a, a friend of mine. She's coming down uh, with her daughter from walking, um, and because her, her daughter just got into skateboarding in the last six months and is absolutely loving it. And she was at a park up in the Milwaukee area. And she didn't really know much about skating. And and they, they whoever they were at the park, were coaching her on how to drop in and how to do certain things. And, and, and the mom just said she just, knowing that she conquered some, some of her own little fears yeah. that are big for her at the moment, w- was huge for her. You know, right. that, that, I mean that along with you know some people may need counseling or therapy along with those other things about just doing life and and, and taking life on instead of instead of avoiding it or, or running yeah. from it you know and um so yeah no i see that all the time i mean that is a common theme in skateboarding and at skate parks you know skaters you know back in the in the 80s and and 90s and you know we got a bad rap Um, we were, you know, arrested for skateboarding and it was like, we were the bad guys. And, um, that's just not my experience with in the, the skateboarding community. It is one of the most supportive, encouraging, um, communities that I've ever seen. I mean, I see that continually at skate parks. If there's, you know, a young kid and, and he's, they're, they're trying to learn skateboarding. It's, it's almost the responsibility of the older people to show them how to do it, how to follow the rules, how to, how to, you know, all the little ins and outs and, and, and teach them how to, how to drop in. And when you drop in, uh, you know, that's kind of the first, one of the first big milestones in skateboarding is learning how to drop in on a quarter pipe. And it's terrifying. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you could get hurt and, and you do get hurt and you fall and um, you have to get back up and you have to learn from what you just did and do it again until you get it right. And I mean, that's, if that's not a metaphor for mental health, I don't know what is. I mean, that's, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's just that it, it, it is. It, and that's, what the, that's the beautiful thing about specifically skateboarding is that regardless of who you are and how good you are, falling is part of the activity yeah. Falling's part of it it doesn't matter well, except for except for some of these new these kids i mean i watch them skate and they're just like they're on a level that, that regardless anyways i yes yeah but but i'm like i'm watching the olympics this year and these guys they're olympians they're in the yeah. olympics yeah and and they do something and they fall and they know mentally it, you can't take it. You don't take it personal. You just That's learn right. from what happened yeah. and, and recognize that maybe it was physical, but most likely it was probably mental. And, and, and it's a learning part of it and being able to use something as a, as an activity, as a sport to, as a metaphor for life that, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest mistake you make is not doing it right I mean, it is avoidance and and that you get you get props you get credit for just going in and attempting it and then we can just learn from there so you know and i know will that that has definitely been uh going way back to alicia pushing you you know uh almost three years ago now um and 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 and, and you're right because i think she contacted me 
that you were going to be calling me and I did it not knowing you, but knowing her. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'll meet you at Starbucks. Well, all right, let's, let's yeah, talk yeah. about it, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, it, and it was literally, it was somebody, it was like in this case, me doing it a favor for somebody yeah. who had, who had believed in, you know, believed in shatter our silence. So it was just like, and then next thing you know, you know, her, her, her energy about three years ago that, that helped you do that, even though she's passed away, is still living within all the things that she has touched in the past. Oh, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, uh, that her, uh, that great, I love it, let's go, let's do it. Like just that kind of energy, meeting somebody where they're at, listening to what they need, listening to their I ideas, and saying, yes, let's make it happen. Um, that's the energy of Screw City Uprising. Like that's in a nutshell. And um, that's what we hope to carry on. And that's what is carrying on in this. I, I'm seeing it, putting this together, making those connections again, it's there. And so uh, that's how I know that it's, it's moving in the right direction is that I can see that and I can feel it just like the last one. And, and you know, not having Alicia here is hard. Um, you know, those, those are some pretty big empty shoes right now. Um, but there's a lot of people in the community that, that I'm getting that from as well. So, um, yeah, hope to do her justice on this one again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys have done, you know, your group, your committee, I've been obviously with you during this whole process, you know, of, of those, yeah. you know, of the, of, of the committee meetings and things like that, even with your son going in there and having some ideas at the whiteboard of how <laughs> things should be done. And so, uh, but uh, <laughs> what, what was that? Well, I said, he's very excited for this weekend. Yeah, yes, I bet, I bet he, I bet he is. So, uh, so well, just once again, uh, Screw City Uprising, Saturday, September twenty fifth, from eleven to eleven, down That's at right. Davis Park. It's uh, the admission for this is free, free. Yeah. Uh, so all, all are welcome. The price is right. Uh, come down for as long as you want, and and invite people to come. And uh, I'm looking forward to being there a little bit before 11 and getting set up and um, we'll go from there. But we'll like, like, like all things, when we get that voice, when we get that nudge to, to do something and, 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 and get involved and, and be part of something, I am grateful that you followed that. And uh, I know it's not easy and, um, and it takes a lot of work because once the emotions and energy wears off, you still got to just do it. And, uh, yeah. and so uh, there's an aspect of that too. So, well, thank you for everything that you're doing. And I hope um, these listeners will come out and uh, take advantage of, of the opportunity this coming Saturday. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great day. The weather is going to be great and um, we're, we're really looking forward to it. So yeah, everybody come down, let's have a good day. And um make some connections and, and uh, get a little healthier. Yep. And the best way to reach, reach you or learn more about the event, what's the best way I'll put, I'll put, I'll also have a graphic when we post this, but what's the uh, uh, best way to reach you? Sure. So it seems like event on Facebook, if you just search for screw city uprising, it's the only thing that comes up. Um, and uh there's a lot of information about the event there. If you want to contact us to get involved, volunteer, I, we 
we have a ton of space. We could still have booths if you're interested in that. Um, and the contact for that would be screwcityuprising at gmail.com. Perfect. All right. Well, looking forward to this coming Saturday and um, we'll be talking to you soon. Awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much. Yep. So, uh, so as always, uh, as you're listening to Wilt share his story, his vision of what he wants to do for the Rockford area and, and for individuals that need just a little bit of light, a little bit of hope in their darkness, uh, definitely reach out uh, and, and come out this coming Saturday at Davis Park on September 25th from 11 to 11. And if you could share this message with others, because you never know who may need to hear this. All right, guys, we'll have you have a good week and I'll see you next week. Bye bye.